Archie. I'm so popular. Tonight we are discussing death and the short-lived reality TV show Strange Days with Bob Saget. And I have a very special returning guest on the show tonight. Who are you? Hi, I'm Leo. Hey, Leo. What are you doing? Right now, I'm enjoying a wonderful gin and tonic at 3.38 in the morning. <laughs> Thanks for staying up so late for me. Um, no, not a you know, problem. you were on my show first season. We talked about pedophilia and cuties, and uh, the, the show has been... A wonderful uh, film. <laughs> the show has really taken like quite the turn since then. Um, so I, I'm always fond of bringing back people from the old format and seeing how they fare and the... Uh, new I'm so popular universe so the new are and treacherous waters no truly and we're really getting into dark murky territory tonight um we mentioned this on the episode that you came on before but we were both on a reality tv show with Bob Saget when we were 13 and 14 may he rest in peace yeah he died last week in his hotel room yeah uh, uh, what I'm hearing are reports of a heart attack, something mundane and simple. Yeah, he was 65. Was he? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. So he had a stroke or a heart attack, and, uh... Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, like... I don't... How did you feel when he died? I thought, I thought, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I was at work... My phone buzzed, and someone who I have my tweet notifications on for had just retweeted TMZ reports like Bob Saget is dead uh-huh. like 26 minutes ago. And I was like, what? So I walked out in the kitchen uh, from my dish pit. Uh, I'm a head dishwasher, by the way, so expect <laughs> that on my resume. Um, I walked out into like the rest of the kitchen, and I was like, guys, guys, like, what the fuck? Bob Saget just died. And Joe leans over to me. He's like, huh, what? What did you say? And I was like, Bob Saget just died. He goes, whoa, turns around and addresses the kitchen even louder. Bob Saget is dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm the one who should, fuck you. (laughs) Everyone stops and goes like, whoa, Joe, how'd you hear about that? And I'm like (laughs) standing there with my phone and my apron like, what? Well, I felt kind of strange about it. Um, I read it. Strange. Oh, don't start. (laughs) I, I felt kind of bizarre and odd about it. I was, like, reading it in the back of a van my, that my friend rented when we went to go uh, strawberry picking <laughs> in Yamanashi Prefecture. And, um, I mean, we met him. I, I wouldn't say we, like, knew him. I mean, we no, spent... We, yeah. we, we were familiar with him. Right. So we were about as much of... of an acquaintance as a 14-year-old can be with Bob Saget. <laughs> Before it gets to cuties level. Yeah. Which it never did, by the way. I will, never. I will say that. Of course not. But it was like, um, it was kind of like the resigned kind of acknowledgement of death that you have of an acquaintance that was like, that's unfortunate. Yes. Um, I can't say it's that like, a, like oh, my heart moved. Damn. Like, but, you know, like I didn't, I, I wasn't nothing... upset. But it, it's, death is bizarre in that way when you know someone well enough to like you know register that some role they've played in your life has like touched you in some way to feel like like you're allowed to have that kind of moment of like ah yeah because like death has like an allowance like there's only so much room for people to be truly upset about it and some people can't be and some can and i always feel a little 
perplexed when I'm faced with death about what I'm supposed to feel. And I, it doesn't upset me almost for anyone. Where's that, where's that tweet that was like, you know, when I die, I don't care if we just met in passing. Like, I want you to be able to use that as an excuse to take oh, yeah. a day off work, to just get rid of anything you had planned for the day to say, like, I need a moment. Like, I, I give that to you. It's like, I, I give you your allowance to, to not necessarily have your heart move, but to register that something has happened in your life. Can you imagine if I, like, went to my boss at work and I was like, Bob Sackett died, so, like, I can't come to work today? I don't think they would believe you. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, they would, would never. Say, they would say, who is, who is Bob Saget's son? <laughs> okay, but the thing is, is that um, I actually have been, like, confronted with Bob Saget, like, way more here than I was in America because Full House is... he is, big here? Full House is very, very popular in Japan because <sighs> it's those sitcoms... What do you think Full House would say? Those sitcoms, I'm right? so like, popular. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a minute. <laughs> Like sitcoms, you know, like they're very simple. The English is really easy, and the themes and plot lines are not complex. Not hard at all. to follow, right? So it's very popular for people who are like studying English, and they like run Instagram ads all the time of clips from Friends with Japanese subtitles underneath it, being like, "My God, learn English by watching Friends." And Full House is definitely. One of those, they aired it here with a Japanese voiceover. A, and that stuff. is a wild angle for like American shows in foreign markets. No, yeah. Just, our writers are dumb as shit. <laughs> <laughs> they will teach you English. <laughs> and so, like, they, Full House has like some kind of like cultural capital here, and like people definitely recognize it. And uh, they, I went to a bar in Mie once that just like plays American TV shows, and they just like left Full House running all the time. So I've seen a lot of Bob Saget like recently, and I of actually his, his earlier work. Mm-hmm. And I got his agent's number uh, about two months ago. How I, Bob's agents? I did. I got. I his still have his email. I know. I got his agent's number, and I called and like left a voice message asking Bob Saget to come on the show to do exactly no what we're gonna do today. And did you preface it with who you are? Yeah, I did. Of course, I said I was on this reality TV show with Bob Saget like twelve years ago. And he said whenever, like, I want to produce a movie that he would absolutely be there. And I just wanted him to come on the podcast to talk about the episode with me and my friend who had been on the show together. And my God. I never heard back from the agent. And he would be so proud of you for, for finally coming out of your shell. Shut up. <laughs> Bob was trying to get you to come out, like, at every chance he took. And they had to edit, like, half of his conversations with you out just because of that. <laughs> yep. Because I would not stop talking the whole time. But I, when I decided that we were going to talk about the episode together, it's kind of like grim, not just because of the death of Bob Saget, which has kind of like spurred my urge to speak about the episode, but because there's a lot of sense of apocalypse and death and the end of things that accompanies this oh. episode now. Death looms over the whole episode in in every aspect, from from the host to the location to to some of the people featured on camera. Like it's 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 ever present for those in the know, and it's almost like haunting. It's almost like a mockery of like the things you used to love and know. And it's really it's hard to watch because it's, 
presented in this you know joking you know con you know joking like bumbling reality tv show context that we'll get to but i i guess you know we should ex- describe a little bit about camp which is a really bourgeoisie like kind of ridiculous things that we did for like oh, oh, this 10 summer years camp. <laughs> it's our summer camp that we went to for a month every year as children <laughs> like what how old were you when you first went uh we've done this math so many i know times. but we have to do my it one first more time. year i think i was eight or nine right and i, w- I, I think, think i was, was like nine or ten because i met you your second year my second year right no <laughs> oh yes yes but we might have gone a different time because i remember you I, I remember you coming up the first time i saw you it was not your first rodeo uh-huh you had been to camp before, so I think we just went at a different session, but it was like my second or third year. Okay. So, oh, wait, no, no, wait, were we in Battleship together? No, we weren't. Yeah, it was my third year. Right. Because um, I think when I do the math overall, I had gone to camp every year for nine years from the age of nine until I was 18. Um, yes, because I went for nine years, but I stopped when I was 17. Right. So I... Camp was really important to me for a lot of reasons, um, because I was, you know, very unpopular as a junior high school and elementary school student. I had very few friends. And so going to this camp that my mom went to when she was a child. There was um, that ancestral heritage there. Yeah. And like my name comes from. It was like a birthright. Yeah. My name comes from the area. Like my middle name, Lassen, is like from the mountain that's like quite close to the summer camp because like it touched my mom's it's heart like an so much. hour and a half right there yeah yeah so like it was already like ancestry like a very important like spiritual location in my development and then also the fact that like <laughs> it was like your rum springer or like when you turn nine years old you must venture to this land <laughs> <laughs> and like mom had always been like oh yeah and, like you'll send like your like generation of kids one day and like it would have been very important God. to her that i go and uh it became very important for me to go as well. And like every year, like that's where like my friends were like my actual friends. Like I didn't have anyone really like as close as like you and I were like back home until I was like in high school. I was grateful that it could be that for you. Thanks Leo. And I still am to this day. (laughs) I could begrudgingly accept the duties of being (laughs) my friend. friend. (laughs) (laughs) And, I don't know, like, summer camp is, like, a cliche in, like, so many ways, but, oh, like... Oh, God. Especially when you find out what how much some of, the, like, the normal kids paid for to go there. Uh-huh. It'd be, like, thousands of dollars. And then I, you went, like, for free, and I went for free. <laughs> because scholarship. we went on scholarships because we had other rich people pay for us because they're like, oh, he's he he's the oldest of fucking, like eight nine siblings like we'll pay for him and all of his siblings to go because they love camp and you were like you were it was like a birthright thing for you right it's my israel (laughs) copper creek camp was my israel yeah and i mean northeast california it it became like my mom still goes to reunions of like the people that she went to camp with every year. Like I think she went this past year too. Like she sees people oh, every yeah. year from it. It's like it's the vintages. A, the vintages. That's correct. It's an essential part of like her development as a person, and is like one of the most oh, important yeah. things that's ever happened to her. And it was like for me, 
as well. Like, I mean, it's a cliche, but like I said, it was, uh, yeah, we made, we, we've spent like at least a year of our life. I think I've done the math yeah. on after my working there too. I've spent a year of my life at that place. Yeah. Cause like the first time I went, I'd only go for like two weeks, but then after that it was like three and then like four. And then there was one year I did five weeks there over the summer. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, a whole year of my, you know, 25 that I've had on this earth has been, like, in this camp in Northern California um, with these people that, like, you come to know really well from, like, being around so much. And, uh, you know, the first kind of thing that happened that, you know, started to mark the tragic passage of time was when Lorne, who was the daughter of the original camp owner, uh, was suddenly murdered like my freshman year of college that was my i guess that was my same year too that was whenever i heard about that i kind of just shut down i think it was the first time that i had to deal with like death as not like a familial experience Mm -hmm. like because i had my grandfather died of like early onset alzheimer's when i was in like middle school so i was like well he was my whole thing was like well he was dead already alzheimer's like fucking kills you slowly like you could see that you could kind of deal with it as you know i was not his wife nor his daughter but i was his grandchild so i was able to kind of watch that slip away from a much more uh dispassionate viewpoint but when Lorne died it was just like she's gone this person who you knew as like a staple of your development who was always there who was always going to be there who was a wonderful genuine human being is just gone and it was just i i couldn't i didn't know how to deal with it it was not that i like shut down and was destroyed it was just that it was like i don't know how to process that so Mm. i'm not you know just wall closed compartmentalized yeah because my mom had had her in her cabin when my mom was a counselor there as a child Mm -hmm. so um when lorne was killed they asked mom and i to speak at the funeral god and i was really unprepared i i sometimes i feel like i did a horrible job honestly and it's like i think speaking i think even being there was like more than you could have done yeah more than you could have been expected to do it it was really to be suddenly like touched with like sudden such force of violence and to have like what you were just saying like something so fundamental and something that had been somebody that had been such a staple and it's just like suddenly gone was really shocking. It's a bone in your body and you can't walk without it. Yeah. So that Sorry, was, I just watched no. Euphoria. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, we were talking about how like the writing is like, oh, we like, this is how we all thought we found as teenagers when we say something so simple yet so profound. Perks of being a wildflower, you know, yeah. We accept the love we think that we deserve, but that changed my life. You know? Well, all of those like cliches and stuff, you know, it's different. I have a hard time watching like that stuff unless it's like completely overblown camp without like kind of getting embarrassed. But like, yeah, then yeah, yeah. when I think about the stuff that we did as teenagers, um, like together, like both at camp and like during the winter when I'd come to see you, like uh doing like smoking weed on that hill or whatever and like looking like at the like at in, california in the, in the nursery yeah climbing to the top hiking down to to a pizza place mm-hmm. doing shrooms for the first time ever in a in a in a random house in berkeley 
um, all of that stuff. And even like up until like when I was in college, when we took that trip to San Francisco and what have you, like all of those like tiny little things are like all like reducible to cliche. And um, yeah. Oh, welcome to this house I'm living at. It's called the Santiago party mansion (laughs) and 30 people live here. It's like all of these like little memories or whatever. And like, no matter like, uh, how cliche they are or like how much like when you view them through the lens of like culture or whatever it's like very real and it's made especially real by like death and the passage of time um and camp like burned down last year in the dixie fire yeah Mm -hmm. the 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 cabin that i make note of it um my coworkers started watching it because they're fascinated with it um steffi puts it on like Every time we close and anytime we're signing the lunatic fringe at the end, I just like think like that's that that burned to the ground now. That cabin is gone. Like that's yeah. is that not like does that not make you feel so does that not make your heart move? Do you not do you not feel like there's something profound in 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 that everything that you once knew and loved will burn? Well, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the trek happened is is really especially traumatic because uh, the honor of doing those like that two weeks of like really grueling like uh, the, the backpacking, backpacking and and caving. I was thinking about the birth canal today that tiny and I was like that is probably the smallest space I've been in in my yeah. life. I actually talked like, about I, the birth canal on a episode of Sirens, the you know <gasps> Patreon after show or whatever, because we were talking about yeah. someone who died in a cave, and I talked about being in that cave and like. It's really quite an extreme emotional experience to have your body locked so tightly into something and have to, like, move your own being through the most impossible physical layer. Like, it's you earn getting to sign the cabin at the end. God, what what shocked me was first that we all did it. Like, not, not a single child backed down from it. And, <laughs> and, and two, fucking the counselor who was, like, 6'4", and built like a lumberjack. John went in through. He he, he went in too. I remember seeing his head pop down. And I was like, he's not going to make it out alive. Like we're gonna have to call a park ranger, and he's going to die in there. And he made it out. Like I don't. He did some like insane. Like he like probably snapped all of his rib cage mm-hmm. to get it out of there. That. Is, uh, well, the, the way that I, um, I remember that Kathy was able to convince us that we were gonna be able to get through it, as she told us that Patrick had made it through oh yeah patrick (laughs) patrick goldman yeah yeah that's right who's a very tall you know large guy and you know if he made it but i mean going through all that like physical like stuff and all like the the bonding that you do with everybody like that is kind of uh we were like shoving ourselves through caves walking like 20 miles a day Mm -hmm. and then like swapping spit at the end of the day and like cooking meals together Washing water and iodine out. Uh, we had like, to use snow as toilet paper because Casey dropped the toilet paper in the river on the first day. I forgot that's why we had no toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> we just collectively decided not to bring any. No. We would just snow <laughs> up our assholes. <laughs> Little did we know that would begin a long and hard journey for that would exactly. awaken the few of us. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, I guess more <laughs> you than me. Uh, I hope you haven't been putting any anyway. But Self, no, I mean, self-proclaimed top. <laughs> the the fact is, is like when you think about all of like those like little sensory memories or whatever, and then like 
it's hard. We have all those digital camera pictures and everything, and like the oh my God. the ability to reminisce still up on with Facebook. each other. Yeah, they're all too many, too many fucking pictures. By Incriminating. The way. Yeah, disturbing. Really, there's some nasty, nasty photos of me in an array of Glee t-shirts, <laughs> anime t-shirts, with my hair and my braces. It's just. All of these things exist, but, like, the way that it, like, most truly exists, because I haven't, you know, talked to a lot of people from Trek in a long time. Um, I, I talked to Kathy earlier this year, um, and I talked to Emma D. Oh, we talked to Kathy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I talk to them from time to time when, you know, and um, the, the the truest, like, kind of memory of it all is, like, you know, getting to write your name down in that cabin that's there forever, and... Uh, it was our Trek. It's our Trek. It's our Trek, John. It's our Trek, John. And then oh, uh, she do it. Forget about. It. Then they then it burned down. It's gone. I mean, is that not? Nothing persists. Fucking. Yeah, I mean, it's the simple thing to say is you know everything ends, but it is uh, it's difficult to see something physically manifested and then destroyed. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me. That was fucking... <laughs> Did I tell you the time Leo, a different one? had a dream where he was caught in a mass shooting and he just looked around and he goes like, Oh, I never thought it would happen to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's like how I feel like, like, fuck something we know burned down. Like, Oh, I never thought it would happen to me. Like why is reality constantly banging down the doors of our like little, little worlds we create for ourselves? Like we just can't, can we have a moment of piece i feel like the maid i just cleaned up this mess can we keep it clean for for 10 minutes that's that's the incredibles so he says leave, leave the same in the world of the men i don't think so thank you leo for the uh the incredibles reference to frame the the death of our memories made manifest <laughs> <laughs> and then the camp got sold tab no wait did okay. it recently i, I mean it yeah, I, I think it. I think it was purchased. Well, because they were in escrow, or someone was about to buy it. Oh. Did you join? They did a Zoom. No, I couldn't make right it after. I, that's that's Becky opened it up with like camp was for sale, uh-huh. and someone was in the process of buying it, and now they are no longer buying it. So I think it's still on the market. In oh, some way, or it, it did not even get bought. So, well, in any case, the the notion of it is, is is, is over. Is, it would almost be. I don't know if it would be. I don't know who I'm thinking of, but like, would it not be better for? Would it be better for everyone if it was sold? I mean, probably better than having nothing happen there. That's what I mean. Like, like, what happens to it otherwise? Like, I mean, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that it can come back, but. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is that not when you what stage of 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 grief are we in where I think that's the last one acceptance of like, it's just fucking like. Just let it sell. Like, yeah, and it's been really hard. Someone make for, use of the land. It's been really hard for my mom, um, and she she actually even asked me like point blank. She was like, "I'm surprised that you're not more emotional about this." And it wasn't that I was like not emotional. It just is like, I I have no praxis to like describe my feelings from about it. 
No, this is this is such a specific feeling. Like, how do we describe the loss we feel to this bourgeois summer camp that we not even like? It was run by the most like working class people. Yes, but, exactly. But like, but like, you would have. I took care of some campers who um, we had a counselor who was from like fucking Tennessee, and he was like, you know, I got the oldest boys' cabin, and um, they were just complaining that the water was too dry. <laughs> we were like. <laughs> really and he's like yeah and he named the kids who were talking about it we're like oh yeah they definitely probably complained that the water is too dry they went to the lake and said it wasn't big enough <laughs> it's funny because a lot of the people there like were quite rich like um w- one of her friends who was from monaco Mon- yeah literally monaco like yeah. she was probably like a, a princess or a <laughs> Like I mean, wonderful person, and like then all of Amazing. all of like the the Southern California like people who get sent and and, but, the, and the Bay Area yeah of kids and, and so there's just like a wealth of you know really rich people people um, a wealth with, of wealth yeah a wealth of wealth Hans Zimmer's children were there Hans Zimmer's J J Abrams mm-hmm. children so it's like but at the same like the, nobody kind of uh, there wasn't like a, a class divide. <laughs> No, by outpost, you were kind of everyone was even as like a staff like member we're taught like if there's any classism between your kids, it will be erased by outpost when they're all shitting in the woods together. Yeah, and it it does every time that kids got to outpost, it was like once you leave the cabin and you have to camp under the stars for like one night, all the kids are like they're just meshed together, and it's like you are now inseparable. Unfortunately. I think about that, too, because, like, um, there was, you know, of course, there's, like, conflict between kids. And, like, I'm sure you saw a lot of it as a counselor. But, like, it's all fairly superficial. Like, people, usually cabins, like, really bond quite well. There's, even if you have to go, like, out of your way to find a technique. Like, I got my kids who I was like, fuck, how are these kids going to get alone? They formed a religion over Gumby. And that was it. (laughs) They were, they were, they were friends. Like it didn't matter because then they had like common ground, mm-hmm. and then they all built up of built up off of it, bringing their own experiences in, and then they would find out they had shared experiences or they had the same like witches and desire. It just it was such a special place because for... it's so much of like the way I started like actually like critically thinking and like actualizing myself like happened. Like during camp, like <laughs> so much of the like the 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 theory of like the looking glass self, like oh, how do you view others? Like okay, well, what what this is what I do at home. Well, I'm just gonna be honest and say this is what I do at home. What do you do? Be like, oh, I do that too. I'd be like, great, awesome. He knows what porn is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and I. I think a lot actually about one of the first outposts that like we were on together. Um, there like a. I know exactly what you're about to say. Do you? What do you think I'm gonna say? Because I think it's not the same thing. You go first. <laughs> was it? Was it where you asked like how to masturbate? Did I do that? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. That <laughs> was not what I was thinking of at all. <laughs> You, oh you, don't you, continue with that please you asked me and then i i think i explained it to you wrong which is even better that i didn't know how to describe him like you just kind of put your hand okay, and that's go. enough <laughs> are you fucking with me 
and then the next morning a kid came up to me and was like yeah so i heard what you guys were talking about and i was like Are you kidding me he's like it was hilarious <laughs> he was like another like 12 year old or or 11 year old that is okay know. see i was going to think about when we were looking at the stars listening to viva la vida you little prick Oh, I thought you were about to get deeply personal. No, you brought it there. <laughs> Apparently, I asked Leo how to masturbate. I mean, there are less surprising things that have happened in the world. <laughs> you thought it would go one way? I just verbally told him and then was like, all right, well, good night. <laughs> Maybe I mean, he's coming on to me. Not uh, Okay, to be fair, Leo, I have never come on to you in my entire life. That's true. Not you once. You can't see the look I'm giving Zach right now. It's not true. I have never. Do you want to talk about another outpost where you asked me how to make out with someone? Why are you, you doing this me? to me? <laughs> Did I say that? Yes. Oh, you, I remember you, writing like, in my journal like, about how this. Is it, how, they're like, how do you do that? And I was like, mm. and there's another time when we were on track too. And you Stop. You were, you were like, you're kissing everyone, but you haven't kissed me. I was like, yeah, well, you have to, your name has to come up. <laughs> like, I just deflected it. I That's like, a fair question. Like que- joke. It's a fair question that I asked you. Yeah, well, I thought, I thought you would, I thought, I thought it would come up eventually. And I'd be like, yeah, I'll go for it. But then you just never, I don't think we've ever even, no, we've. No, we have. Have we? We have. Have we? I don't know. Actually, now I'm thinking have about we, it. Have we, come here. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm like kind of. I'm. I like, think we've like made we out. Have, but like I we, don't we, remember. We've made out at some point. How are we still friends again? Do I owe you something? <laughs> oh, I I was such an abject Flirting little from 3, child. Thirty thousand miles away. My God, I was such a damaged gay twelve year old child. You didn't know the first time I met you, it was, I literally, I remember the first time I've seen, you know, you'll be like, I remember the first time I saw you. I only have that with like three or four people and Uh you're one of them because I'm sitting on the very front bench of like camp, uh, uh of of the campfire stage yeah, and you're coming up along the side and, um, there's a cancer he's like hey zach and you go hi mari and you like give him a high five and you turn and you're like you're in this cabin and you come and sit next to me i'm like he has a really high voice he's gay <laughs> that is so cruel but but like it didn't it didn't mean anything to me yeah with your I two was, lesbian moms as well yeah i was outing people left and right and my parents <laughs> were so mad at me my piano teacher they were like oh yeah he lives with another man and i was like oh so he's gay and they were like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up <laughs> and i was like why you're gay and they were like shut the fuck up oh my god um i don't remember the moment exactly i laid eyes on I did. Leo. you were wearing you were wearing your yellow camp copper creep shirt uh, with the, the that appears in the up. show yeah the the i think that's your oldest camp shirt yeah that was my mom's yeah you were wearing that yeah boom even what you were wearing i remember crying a lot when you left every every year we have pictures of it yeah so rude so uncalled for i was an emotional little child i had a lot of so problems was I. I cried a lot too <laughs> That's true. Isn't I just it? could never let you see. No, I think you probably saw me cry a couple times. I have. 
I don't remember when. I'm sure I have, though. Like, I'm sure I've kissed you, but I just can't remember when. (laughs) There's so many moments where it could have happened. They all blur. I mean... (laughs) And we were sober, too. (laughs) Yeah, for almost the entirety of camp, we have been sober. (laughs) Exactly. Um, we never got our hands on alcohol, though. So. No, never, never alcohol. And it's pretty impressive that for a bunch of 17 and 16 year olds with, uh, you know, we were able to, you know, bond and whatever and like truly enjoy ourselves. Completely without, sober. Without I think we were phones just like, and without alcohol. But we were just horned up that we were like, we're seeking for any connection, any connection. Mm-hmm. You want to be my friend? That's awesome. You want to like touch my fingernail that is gonna make me fucking ejaculate over over the dirt oh my god i might i might i might might pour my water bottle out into the dirt and like shove my hand in it make a little hole and then just go at it at this point we'd be like six days in the wild like i'm gonna fucking lose my mind do you remember that one time when we were 17 it happened a couple times what in the cabin oh yeah i know do you think you think i forgot about that are we allowed to talk about that? I mean, okay, without naming show? names, I think it's pretty obvious what oh, happened. Oh, yeah, we, we all jacked off together. <laughs> I remember the last one who, to come had to do the dishes, but I was like, why is that, like, a punishment? <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the first, like, 30 seconds of it, we kept breaking down and laughing until eventually we got over it, and then it was just, like... A good seven, six minutes of just. <laughs> that was awesome. It was almost like sexier. Because <laughs> 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 like, we had a rule where no one was allowed to jack off in the cabin. And then we were like, guys. But what if we been... all broke the rule? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, it's been five days. We are going to kill ourselves if we don't jack. Oh, and it was so See, funny because that group of guys was, it was just like so platonic. It was so, it just, everything was above board always at all times. Oh, we yeah. All, that was great. I remember it felt, it, it was just like. Wait, who is like our, we were, who is the CEO? C, sorry, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who is this, the, the uh, CIT counselor for us that year? It was fucking Weaver. We told him, I think. And he was like, uh, nice. Uh, I have to go <laughs> report this. <laughs> well, because Emma D was technically in charge of us. Right. And then he was just Weaver, living in the in the Weaver was just there. Because that was in us. Times Square. That wasn't in yeah, the brothership, yeah. which is the hotter no, the and worse. Worth... The CIT cabin. Oh, because we were JCs that year. Because there were like five of us. Yeah, we were JCs. We're junior counselors, not counselors in training. I've had when I was in Lunatic Fringe, the JCs slept there, but there were only like two guys there. And I was, like, yeah. the counselor who got, like, that bed. So I would just be like, all right, what's up, guys? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm going to bed. They were they were not a problem, though. Nice. They did not do any of that. Uh, so, God, yeah. No, that was such, a, such an intimate experience. No, it really, truly was. I mean, 10 years together for several weeks every year. Um, and it culminated in one big... <sighs> 
That's, I was watching Doctor Strange live recently, and some of the views was like, the be- it begins with the planes fucking, and the whole thing is just edging you until the grand fucking, like, the 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 ejaculation of the nuclear bombs going off. I'm, I'm like, sure yeah. that, like, when my mom yeah, listens sure. to this, she's going to be really overjoyed to hear this conversation. Well, I mean, is that not what camp is all about? Oh, don't you cry for me, cause I'm sitting here. Once more, take it home. Strange Days with Bob Saget was a short-lived six-episode reality TV program aired on A&E in 2010, starring Bob Saget, of course. And the fundamental premise of the show, as Leo stated earlier, was that he investigated different strange, quote, unquote, subcultures. (laughs) Or lifestyles. He immersed himself completely. The only way to learn about a thing. Uh, The New York Times actually wrote an article about this, and uh, they wrote that, uh, one sec. They wrote something uh, (laughs) sadistic. Okay. Zach Uh, has to remember how to read again. (laughs) Everyone bear with him. I I forgot how to read English. (laughs) This is in Japanese. I can can read it. Okay, here he goes. It feels, however, as if Mr. Saget or his producers or both were pulling punches. The overall mood is forced bone homey. Wait, I don't know how to say that word. Uh, try bon saying hummy? it in Japanese. Bonhomie. Bon homey. <laughs> <laughs> what is this word? I've never seen this before. Have you heard? Literally, what is this word? I skimmed, I skimmed over it. Bon oh, wait, no, I said it in Japanese. <laughs> Bonami. Cheerful friendliness. Geniality. Okay, let me is read that, it again. Is that not easy to say? Well, it's why spelled like bone a... homie, okay? No, no, no. I mean, why did they have to use a thesaurus to say bone homie when they meant, like, cheerful? I know. Okay. It feels, however, as New if York Mr. Times. Sackett or his producers or both are pulling punches. The overall mood is forced bonami and the kind of teary sentiment that <laughs> tends to emerge <laughs> among groups of men obsessed with being tough. Huh. Was this just about exposing? No, th- this wasn't me tooing Bob, but the the New York Times article is right because the general no, tone I mean, what? All of it was he just immersed himself in different male subcultures to be like you guys are fucking weird. Oh, that. Then he came to the summer camp and was like you are children. <laughs> you know, like the tone of the show is bizarre. All of it is yeah, like yeah. this Kind of unfriendly, kind of smarmy, and uh, it, put it upon... should have been on Vice. Yeah, it definitely feels something like that. It, it feels very like put upon, and when during the show, Bob is constantly talking about in this really strained voiceover about like how much like physical pain he's in, and uh, it's a lot of like um sort of. It feels like if like a, a boomer was like trying to be like yeah. 
Imagine I'm on a motorcycle. Can you imagine how much my asshole hurt? And I'm <laughs> not exactly talking that. about the other bikers. <laughs> like, like, exactly that. Like, uh, all right. Like, you're the only one who thinks other people will think this is funny. Yeah, because the whole time that he's like doing the voiceover on the show, he's talking about like how much Benadryl he's on, how he's constipated, how when he's doing like rock climbing, like how far like the straps are lodged up his yeah, ass. Yeah. Um, and so like I guess like the kind of crux of the show is that he has like this put upon air like or aura, aura about him, and then by yeah, the end of the like, episode, oh, Jesus. Yeah, and like, yeah, well, like I don't well, get this. At, at face value, this might seem hard to love, but at the end of the day, once you get to know these guys, they got some good hearts. Yeah, but we're still airing this to make fun of them. It's exactly that every episode, and it just doesn't translate when we're fourteen. Yeah, and the, <laughs> he's like, these children are hard to love at first, <laughs> and like it's like. With the the big, they go on a Bigfoot hunting trip on one episode. The, the fraternity one, the high rollers, like it, it makes sense. But the idea of him just going to summer camp is so out of left field and nonsensical yeah. that it doesn't fit with the vibe of the whole show. No, so the whole experience—it's really, it's really, it's just him infiltrating different like male subcultures and then like. Just being like, all right, you guys might hate this, but it turns out it's actually pretty good. You should check it out being in a fraternity. Like, why didn't this really could have been a vice special of just dudes being like, what the fuck? Actually, I really like these biker dudes. Yeah. No, it's, but it's, they put a dad in the in the role of like the, the, the gonzo journalist. They made a gonzo exactly journalist show with Bob Saget. Fuck. I know. And it's oh, like he's no Hunter S. Thompson. Because he his brand of comedy, right, which we we're vaguely exposed to obviously from full house, which we talked about before, but like his stand up yeah. and stuff as well. Like his comedy is very particular and I don't think it's necessarily extremely. It's almost like gross out. Yeah, it is very gross out. It, it's a lot of self deprecation. He, there's a lot of like, um, torture. He's like, oh, of the self. I'm masturbating to this again. Mm-hmm. It's very like, that tone. I mean, not to speak ill of the dead, but he could have come up with a better <laughs> material. Well, this is the thing, is that when you're going through, like, the garbage that's, like, left behind when someone dies, and, like, the the junk and the flotsam that's been left over from a, a long life led, there's a lot of jagged, like, awkward things that come up, like this what show. needs to be edited out. Because like, there wasn't any obituary. single obituary that would have mentioned this show ever. Never. No. This is... This is... Our obituaries will mention this. <laughs> I don't think so. That we were, I, I would like to say that my first, if your I, first I media appearance, the first media appearance was <laughs> on Strangers of Bob Saget when I was 14 years old. I was misaged at 13. Those bastards at Tijuana Entertainment Productions, who I would gladly worth again because they showed so much professionalism on set. They were lovely but people. I love. They were them. actually. That was remember, the best part is hanging out. We with just the crew hung out with the crew. They were so fun, dude. Do you remember? Do you remember when it was just? I think it was like you, me, Devin, and like someone else, and we were just shooting this shit with a cameraman, yeah. and they pulled out one of the our like Mad magazines, and they're like, "Yo, have we seen this is since we were like ten years old, and we're like, we were like, they still make them. They got topical references here. Here's a Harry Potter <laughs> joke, and they were like, no way, man. It was like rest hour, and we were like yelling about like how like the Alienware guys like um made computers to have liquid uh 
liquid nitrogen, liquid nitrogen poured over at like Spielberg's production company. And they were like, oh, yeah, we know some of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean, that's like what the because um, it can't be stressed how much the two of us in particular and are like the protagonists of the show. Like we um, we, we fought and bled mm-hmm. our way to be the stars. It helped that we were already a duo. Right. Because every every year at camp, we did Late Night Copper Creek, which was <sighs> our late night show. where our magnum opus of the session. Absolutely. To, after the talent show, we did a skit that we wrote and performed every year where I played the uh, sort of like straight man. <laughs> the straight, if you will. If you can if believe you, that. If you can believe. I played the straight man, like uh, late night TV show David host. Letterman host. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Leo played a uh, every single every guest. character four I played the musical guest and at least like um, one fictional character one real character and something else there was uh you as a transformer um yeah i was optimus prime i don't i don't remember all the years characters right. but i know one year i was soldier boy because I did the ah. Superman that you, and then I flew off backstage and landed on a snowboard, which made a lot of noise that a lot of people <laughs> actually came backstage concerned that I like die. <laughs> what is that? My, I think that was the that same. Was the first the one. Bot- that was the Optimus Prime one as yeah. well. We did this the every bot- year. and We so- did this every year with new characters and new material. Yeah. And, and it was funny for us. And I think honestly, it was a smash hit success for the talent show. <laughs> I think people did like it because they were just like, all right, Leo's going like fucking insane. And Zach is like, wow, isn't that nuts? <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically the same format as the show right now that we're doing. <laughs> but like, we did have like our little, like, we were always creative, obnoxious, precocious little children. Like, yeah. the two of us. It wasn't, it wasn't easy jokes. We came up with shit. No, we wrote like, they were like 10 minute things and we rehearsed them pretty earnestly as well. I remember writing writing them we were like walking on jtrek and like everyone else was like please shut the fuck up because we were just okay who's topical okay should i do yoda i think for the bob saget year i did robert pattinson you did because that was the year that i I had sweat in my hair that i just stuck it up (laughs) and then it just like i think um someone posted a picture i think it was a oh god who was it i can't remember but um, they posted a picture on Facebook of me in my plaid shorts sitting mm-hmm. across from you with the most perfect looking like Robert Pattinson Twilight mm. hair. Just like, and that was the same year that we did, I was actually Bob Saget. But you're like, and our next guest is Bob Saget, who was there for the, like almost the entire talent show. Yeah. But and they didn't film this. No, they didn't film this. Um, but he initially, like, we came out and like we had a joke of like you and him being each other. But the whole point of you know this. Uh, story, oh yeah, I was yeah. just gonna, I was just gonna narrate the whole skit. But the whole point of like this, this story was like we had like that you know little creative energy between us, and like yeah, also yeah. like whenever we went to go see each other like during like winter break and stuff too. Like I don't know, I feel like we were always like doing stuff. Like we made that video doing bits, bits music. Like we did a lot of that, and so we had the. Um, fortunate advantage of charisma and chemistry exactly yeah and i had the undying urge to be a star you i I remember very specific conversation between us where you were i was like hey zach you're kind of going like overboard on like trying to be on tv and you were like leo what other chance are we going to get to be on tv and i was like yeah but like 
don't you think you're hamming it up a bit? Don't you want to be your like real? Like you want to be like real? You want to be authentic? You know, like I'm I'm me. And you were like, no, Leo, I want to be on TV. <laughs> so you in the special, you laugh at every Everything. single one of his jokes. Oh my god, I noticed that too. Comment, you're like crying four or five times, and I'm just like, what's up, Bob? How's it going, man? <laughs> no, and I'm like cackling and like putting my hand in front of my mouth every time that i was laugh hilarious what is that wrong was, with that i was like i was like i was like you are losing your mind and i was like, <laughs> like what's up bob i don't get that joke yeah i saw the first godfather what of it yeah like <laughs> i was like, ready to be a star and i gave them so much material and this is something you gave that... them too much of that i at the end they pull us aside for a retrospective they don't talk to of, yeah. like camp they cut out anything I said because you were just a like, camp is where you can be. I philosophized. The thing was, that was actually the realest you had been the entire time. Of you were like scene stealing. And then there you were like, I actually feel like I can really be myself when I'm at camp. And I'm like, I'm just looking down at the ground because I'm like, uh, yeah, he's being real here, but he's stealing the show. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I can't do anything here. <laughs> but this is something important to me, actually, that I still 100% believe in, which is doing everything it takes to be a star. <laughs> like, I do completely believe in my fake little journey that I went on when I was 13 years old in that cabin with the most disgusting hair. Dirty. The entire episode. <laughs> just looking fucking dirty. Like, dirt plastered all over my face in a Glee t-shirt that is turned inside out because of copyright reasons. I so, had my, my Hurley hat with a fucking piece of masking tape over the back of it. And I knew that I had to put on a show. I knew that I had to make, there is some celestial force of the great narrative of human culture that makes us tell stories that I was ready to <laughs> fake and lie and act and ham my way into being the star of that episode. I hated you so much for that. I was so pissed. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I want to be on TV too, Zach. You ever think about that? I want to be real. I want to be a person. You, you want to be the caricature of your little gay self that you won't even admit to it. No, and Bob I said it was making you come out on every second he tried, and you were like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ha! <laughs> to be fair, there was never a moment where they were like, okay, say that you're gay. Like, they never like asked about they that. They never, they, they never, never. No. No. The, yeah, that was the best thing. Is that no, they they, were it was the unspoken question, and it leads to a really artful, bizarre quality of the show, which is they the tension. really thought I was your beard. Then oh, I was God. just like, hey, I'm sticking by Zach. Like, Zach's my guy. Whatever the case is, it leads to... They like thought this... that you were, like, the out and I was in the closet. Or <laughs> 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 just, like, the straight guy. <laughs> they just really, like... The, the tension between me being a gay little child and, like, them having to deal with that as the protagonist of their show is so juicy that it provides, like, the greatest, like, awkward cringe of the show which is bob saget like who's made so many like gay jokes in his career like Try, interacting with a gay a little around. baby he has to interact with like the consequence of his actions of him shoving people in the closet and now he, he's faced with that opportunity on a professional level and he's like well i hope he comes out of his shell and you were like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> but no it was um there's a lot of other malfunctioning stuff going on in the show, and which is that our cabin mates 
if you weren't putting on a character, they really weren't putting on a character <laughs> at all. Because there was, what, five of us? Oh, uh, there was, it was you, me, Taryn, and Merrick. Merrick, four. It was just the four of us. Yes. And Merrick and Taryn, bless their souls, are like the purest, like, they were not behaving for the cameras at all. No, I was just like, what's up, Bob? I was like, cool guy. Merrick was like, want to check out my yo-yos? And Taryn was like, I'm from the country. Do you know Judas uh, you Priest? Eat, you know a Judas Priest? Do you want to eat some curry? Oh, and God. because this show is so malfunctioning, they have a plot line of Taryn <laughs> getting a stomach ache from eating curry, and they drag it out. That was so many recurring jokes of like, look at that was like all he just made diarrhea jokes to us constantly. That's what I like vividly remember. I was like, can he talk about anything other than shit? (laughs) (laughs) Shit and Benadryl. I was like, this fucking guy needs to talk to me about something else that I can work with. (laughs) Like the plot line. What is it? It's it's framed with him writing a letter to his mom about how he didn't go to summer camp. Then there's the curry plot line after he's like set up with our cabin. And then it kind of just like then meanders he just around. Hopes he doesn't kill us. Most Th- of the that's time. That's the joke, I guess. And like, then it just like meanders around like all of like the camp activities. There's an extended sequence of him making sexual jokes to a horse. Okay. Now Carrie and I are going to mount you. <laughs> The sound effect perfect. It's exactly I, how it that's goes. that's the best horse I can do. I can do some pretty good pig too. That's okay. Yeah, we don't have to hear it. We we don't. <laughs> I just um I mean I'm trying to think, you know, overall like the experience of this, like me. That's my pig, sorry. Th- thanks, Leo. <laughs> I'm done with my pig. Are you? Yo, we start cutting bacon at work, and anytime I do, what are you talking about right now? At pizza job, I'm like cutting bacon, (laughs) and I just go and make like pig noises. They hate it. I would hate it. it. I hate it now. They hate it so much. Well, Steffi actually thinks it's the funniest thing in the world, but everyone else is tired of it except for him. So anytime we're cutting bacon, he just shows up with like a camera in my face, and I'm like. Oh, you want me to make it? It's the Bart thing of like, say the line, Bart, say the Bart, say the line, Bart. And he's like, okay. And Steffi's like on the floor laughing and everyone else is looking at me like, please, the pig noises aren't funny. They're not. <laughs> They're not. See, you're... I, I appreciate you going on this two minute tangent about how you make pig noises at work. Well, <laughs> these people got it. They they need an intimate look on my life. Yeah, you As can't head even dishwasher do a character on the podcast. I'm impenetrable. I'm I'm just my real genuine self at all times. But see, I am. Um... Anyway, have you? Yeah, I'm trying here to sponsor for Skillshare to learn something new. <laughs> this is getting out of hand. Yeah, what were we? What were we talking about? The, the show. show we were on. What part? We we lost we lost the thread in a big way. I'm not gonna uh, say that. We lost the thread. I'm gonna say that you cut the someone, thread. Someone, someone took the thread, and they started sewing something else entirely. <laughs> you started sewing the pig tapestry. <laughs> hey, you want to dance around the old pigskin? <laughs> I just sewed it up. <laughs> How's your drink? 
fucking delicious. Nothing tastes better here. at five oh four in the morning. Oh, that's why you're, that's why you're getting lemon. so over this. Mm-hmm. Where were we? Thing. We were talking about. I was going to, you know, try to make a general summation of like why this show means anything at all. Oh, you were trying to put a capstone on it. I'm trying to put <laughs> no, something we... on this, and you're making pig tapestry over there. <laughs> Well, speaking of pigs, they had the small animals there. He never even vi- his trailer was parked <laughs> right next to them. Those pigs that we probably ate. Oh my god, this I forgot about small animals. I don't want to go on a tangent about small. I animals. I only ever had to had to be the counselor for small animals. Like I think maybe five times. I kind of like small animals. It was fine. It was just you, know, you just <laughs> hang out. I wanted to be on mountain bikes. You go when, to small animals to go play with the small animals that include some ducks, chickens, pigs, and rabbits. Pigs, goats as well. Goats. Um, small animals. J- Bob Saget didn't go to small animals. Bob Saget Bob did not go to small animals. <laughs> I forgot it's called small animals. Small animals. Well, because then they'd be like, they'd like announce it, and then everyone at din- at breakfast would be like, fuck, I'm on small animals. And the kids would be like, what's wrong with small animals? <laughs> They'd be like, nothing. It's it's great. Come hang with the ducks and me. And they'd be like, I'm going to fucking kill myself. What's wrong with Smanimal? What's, what's the deal with Smanimal? Stop. No, he's going to die soon. Who? Seinfeld. Oh. What's the deal with what's the deal with parking? What's the deal with lanes? He's going from one end to the other. I'm trying to no get impressions. somewhere. Come on, man. What's going on? You know, I'm trying to pick up my girlfriend from third period. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke because Jerry Seinfeld dated a high schooler. <laughs> Bob Saget was there at our camp, and you know, it was such a unique experience because while we were the stars of it. All the other kids were just completely okay, see, inconvenienced by us fucking walking around like yeah. movie stars. It was we terrible. We thought we were the shit. It was awesome. I mean, it was, it was it, so it, great for us because we were like, oh, hello, peasant. And they'd be like, so what's it like being on TV? We'd be like, it's fine. <laughs> and, um, you know, the thing about putting on the character that I definitely did is was also enhanced by the fact that we had to redo stuff all the time. Um, like we Constantly. had to... We had and to constantly... so much shit was staged too. Oh, I mean everything. I mean, this is something that I kind of garnered about reality TV from like doing this experience. Is that like everything is real, but the situation is always fake. Yeah, they're so, like, all right, we're gonna put you here, here, and here. Yeah, because every single thing is like, okay, we're doing horses today, or like, okay, we're gonna um, do rock climbing today, and it's like all of this stuff that like doesn't actually like happen at the time that it's happening it just yeah, is like a, like a setting that's high established right now right and so it was all stuff that's like established um but then like the reactions are as real as the people who are acting on on screen are and uh this is especially true for the um ice cream stealing scene the pie scene i keep i keep being haunted i'll like wake up in a cold sweat just from watching the quote where he says i feel like these guys are gonna be holding pie in the dark a lot from now on it's Does like he say like, that he says that that's inappropriate <laughs> and i'm like i'm like did he think we're gonna like american pie or like is that like a gay ra- is, what does that mean just, i don't know if he thinks we're gonna be like 
searching for the same high that we did that night by fucking pie. That's immediately where my brain went. I don't know if that's where I go, but the pie scene was especially ridiculous because we that literally felt so real to us. Yeah, but then we watched for most of the time until the very last five seconds of it when we saw the camp when director we saw, hiding we behind saw, a tree. They were, they were like, they were like, <laughs> oh, they saw us, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this wasn't real, and it was like. I feel like, you know, people talk about the loss of innocence happening when, like, they saw their first dead body or when, like, their parents divorced or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mine was when we saw the camp director on our supposedly unstaged late night pirate at a televised summer camp special. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, nothing's fucking real anymore, is it? It's <laughs> Nothing's genuine. Zach's over here hamming up to be on TV. I thought we were stealing pie to be fucking like hooligans and spur of the moment, but no. And it was everything. Everything is over. It was a great revelation of the simulacrum. It was like that's the moment that uh, truly creates a postmodern instance of us together on like watching ourselves uh, completely sink into a narrative and and be desensitized mm -hmm. to like we're just part of a program because then right after that that's when i start sinking into it and i'm shoving pie into my mouth as like big as possible it's like your mouth is not equipped to handle that bite because i'm like we're on television this is my moment i'm just shoving massive bites of pie into my mouth and he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm rolling my eyes back on camera i mean it's just Funny that like pouring out of my mouth when like the illusion is finally like shattered and we're both like especially conscious of like the big lie out of all of this is like when we uh it's bizarre that nobody protests like nobody fights back and this is we just we just lay there and we were like all right you actually were more subdued you said this is the worst thing I'd ever done in my life but I was like I did my silent protest by just shoving shit in my mouth and I was like fuck it. Nothing's real. And this is nihilism. It's, it's really like an interesting reaction, like when a camera is trained on you and you understand that you're being you're just an animal. You're, you're being like monkey. created as like part of this, uh, you know, a sentient something that lacks any consciousness or like humanity. It's like the the narrative. You are now you, a narrative, right? Yeah. When you realize that you're just like being like put into a character, which is something that happens in culture by like identity politics and by any you know sort of cultural interaction you have it happens all the time but nobody is your caricature nobody ever protests you just do it you just you're like oh that's i'm your dancing monkey now okay well should i do a one-two step or would you prefer a west coast style well it gets kind of heinous how far i go with it because i mean the scene at the pond when i'm soliloquizing about the, the nature of scene. camp yeah like the big final scene that you know you would think that's where i like reach the end of the narrative but i cry at the end you, you the thing is of all the hamming you were doing that is where you were the most genuine i was being possessed by the show I everything literally... you said though everything you said though is uh-huh. like i'm like i'm like no zach actually believes that though. i did and i think everything i said is... was really true and i was actually surprised when i was watching it back because i had to pause every two seconds out of oh god out of it's, torturous it's, pain it's like the peak of cringe it's so cringe but that scene i could watch with complete dignity and felt that it was fine but like i was so possessed by the 
by the narrative and by this like, ethereal camp is thing. Family camp is where I am, and I'm like, Zach, you're right, but I feel like you might be saying this for the wrong reasons. I don't, I, I like, don't know if I was at that point. I just know that when I the ghost completely took over and I like spun out into this space of reality TV and sacrificed all my humanity was when I cried at the very end, and I didn't you will cried those four tears. Or five times. I know it I just cried. happened. What is? I, it's shocking <laughs> it's shocking it's like how did this thing that wasn't real and is this absolute piece of garbage television like how did, how did it, this move you how did it affect me so much that like this specter of fame produced us? tears out of me because we were asking you were put on the spot to say the thing you love the most how would you like to be a part of immortalizing it forever mm-hmm and you said, oh, my God, I want to be immortalized forever along with this. Of course. This is part of my DNA. This is this is where I want to live. This is where I want to die. This is where I want everything to be remembered about me is, is, is keep me here in this moment as a 13-year-old crying next to the shadowless pond in all of fucking Plumas County that, that, that live... Bury me at Makeout Creek. Bury me at fucking Lynn's Pond. Here, I wanna, I wanna be remembered next to what I love. You know, you were, you were there for it. I was completely possessed and taken away by the promise of immortality, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. To be honest, I, I think... still have that hat too. <laughs> I think he signed it. I think there was it's something like in a box right over there. I love that. I think there is something, and I'm going to say this, whether you let me finish okay. the sentence sorry, or not. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I think there is something really beautiful about being moved by something so beyond you that you lose all control over your emotions and are so swept away in something that's happening beyond you. I think there is something really powerful and sublime in that I got touched by the romantic edge of the universe when I you got... You became the art yes. that you sought after. Exactly. I became so eaten up by this show and that I lost all agency and became completely sucked into the show. <laughs> that scene of me crying when they play this sad, corny stock music on top of it as Bob Saget makes a... I think Zach became my new guru. That's what he says. And then he says, I'm going to write a series of self-help books. And then it immediately cuts to me doing the beginning of Monster. Aliens, ghouls, goblins... That song didn't exist yet. They didn't mention that. We haven't mentioned that they made us write a rap. No, no, no. I wrote a rap. I wrote a rap. You said camp is where I belong. I would aliens, ghouls, goblins, lemon lime aliens in the closet. <laughs> yep. And then you did that on TV, um, which is great and very true to you. Um, I don't remember what Merrick's. He said that he likes to play soccer. Merrick is my name and soccer, soccer is, is my, my game. game. And then they wrote for Taryn because he couldn't write it himself. He, yeah. he, he um, about eating too much curry because he was in a hurry. I ate too much curry because I was in a hurry. They made us write I remember a rap. them. I How remember I writing so my fucking... own and then being like, what the fuck did he write? Because I was just like, I'm going to write a rap off topic. And you were like, I love camp. And mine was like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, 
I just am amazed that something so stupid, which is this show, it still managed to, like, sweep me away into the Gone with the Wind romance that I thought I was in, Bob Saget I being Rep Butler. Every time I watch that, I don't think for, for anyone else who's watching it, I'm like, I'm tearing up for for everything that's in there. I'm. Are you, do you really tear up? Yeah, uh, maybe some of it's because of embarrassment, but yeah. just because of, like, oh, my God, there we are. There we are in our youthful innocence when Bob is there, Lorne's there, Camp is there. We're all still just trying to, you know, make it out. And it's beautiful to look at that and be like, oh, we had it all. We had it all, Zach. I mean, you're doing a fake little voice, but you're right. We had it all. Well, because I'm doing a little bit. Because you're doing a little affect. Doing a little affect. I just feel taken by the ghost. She wants me. <laughs> not, you are such a bitch. I hate you. And <laughs> I can't. I can't win any day with you. Whether it's a, no, but 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 it's, 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 it is. It is I do actually tear up because I'm like mostly embarrassed. But it is like, like yeah. Fuck, you guys will never get this. You you people will never understand why this means so much to us. No, it's that's exactly right. And I mean, um. Thinking about it in the context of uh, Bob Saget's death, um, because this was, you know, like I said earlier, this not, is, this is not his crowning on. achievement. This show no. was canceled after like three episodes and they dumped Six all episodes. the episodes. No, but they canceled it before the all the episodes had aired and then they, well, they dumped. They aired ours. At least. Right. They dumped all the episodes. TV. They did a runoff. They did a runoff, which is like when the, the show yeah, is canceled, yeah, yeah. they air everything at once. And that was where our episode came out. Wasn't making the A&E ratings, which is like especially bad when it's like what like dog the bounty hunter i feel like their biggest hit right now was live pd which may or may not have been canceled it was canceled yeah cops is brought back though yeah cops was canceled then they brought it back but no it's like this show unfortunately is such a police loving culture in america it's such a bleep in his career it like meant like nothing and yet like a blip yeah whatever i haven't corrected (laughs) you bitch fuck off and (laughs) You know how what many was I times saying? I've been wrong? What was I saying? It was saying? such a blip in his career. Yeah, that's right. It was such a blip in his career and <laughs> ultimately, like, meaningless probably to his overall, like, trajectory. And no one will remember this. It's only available on, like, Amazon. You had to pay, like, $3 to watch this. $2 No, no, one ninety nine okay. for this episode. We no, will it's... plug it as long as the producers bring us back for a retrospective. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you have you want to... want entertainment? I have your email. You have to dig through so much garbage in order to, like, even know that Bob Saget did this. And this uh, extreme rush of sublimity for me is just, like, lost. It means the world to us. Yeah. This was our whole world that he just, he he meteorited into. He asteroided in. He cometed into our world. I mean, and then there's that record of it, and it just is, like, complete cyber trash that means nothing, and, uh, you know, yet all the same, so much to us. And now that he's dead, I can only imagine that it'll, you know, fade even deeper into nothingness. But I, you know... If anything, it gives us more cred, because I was like, yeah, I wasn't as special with Bob Sagan. Like, the guy who just died? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, no. He was kind of nice to us. (laughs) He was nice. I mean... 
as was, nice as he was acting the whole time you know he was doing like a, a the character that he had you know kind of written for himself on there, the show I but i feel like there was a little bit of time where he wasn't being filmed yeah. that he was kind of just like hey guys like what's up like how are you doing yeah but it was very it was like literally how you talk to your co-stars and you're like how's it going guys yep all right cool because we we hung out with the crew a lot but he went to his trailer a decent amount he did he slept in the trailer and what have you and uh yeah yeah I, I, you know when we never like knew him truly you know yeah. we knew the crew yeah we got to know them so shout out all those guys they were real and um massive camera harnesses. here we are 12 years later and uh, that just still means something but to us <laughs> <laughs>